0: Welcome everybody to If I May, a podcast with me, Kyle, just an average guy, along with two of my average friends, Brent and Nick. Uh, we're going to talk about stuff while interrupting as politely as possible. This is episode 38. Let's do this. How's it going, guys? I feel like, mm. even though stuff we record so every general. Week, I feel like I haven't really, I really talked to you guys in a little bit. I miss you. All I right. miss you,
1: man.
2: <laughs> well, really, uh, can't complain.
1: <laughs> you can't complain Thursday. that you haven't <laughs> talked to me? He's like, this is the best this has ever been, man. Great. Kyle hasn't talked. It's been awfully, <laughs> awfully quiet.
0: It's, it's been it's nice. fantastic without Kyle there. Oh no, this is good. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Been anything, anything exciting, key? fun? Nick how's a new dog.
2: A uh, new dog is doing well. She is a, a a handful. She's a lover. She's a lot of fun. Um, She's a oh, oh, um a lover. Yes, what? a lover. The dog loves to lick your face, give kisses, and uh, be held. Um, she's she's a puppy. She's a happy, loving dog as opposed to uh, a super shy one. Ghost was um, a a very very shy dog at first. Um, not so much a, a lover in the sense that she wouldn't just come up to you, jump on you, and give you kisses. She would kind of you know play it play it cool, if you will. So uh, Luna is much more of a, a lover. And uh, we're going to have to train her not to jump on people because I guarantee she's going to be uh, one of those YouTube videos of, oh, the dog still thinks it's a puppy. And this, you know, 50 pound dog comes flying at its owner and um, you know, crushes them because she, uh, she thinks she's still, you know, 20, 30 pounds and can just, you know, fly into your arms. So my, my no, dog's- it's been going well.
0: My dog's currently 50 pounds and jumps right at you and just wants to be a lap dog. Like, I'll be literally in my computer chair and he'll try to come up and, like, curl up on my lap. I'm like, dude, you are too big for what you're trying to do. If I may, Kyle, you have yourself a lover. Yeah, I got myself a lover of a dog. Dude, so he'll he'll also do, like, I don't know how to stop him from licking my face. Like, it's one of those things where once is not too bad like he's like oh i love you blah 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 and like looking at your face but like at a certain point i'm just like dude stop like i don't need your face in my face right now and i, I don't know how to adequately train that i tried like blowing at his face because you know that's a weird thing about dogs like they can stick their head out the window but if you blow at their face they just hate your gut they just hate it and so zane will not like that but then he just like kind of licks my face more so I, I don't know what to
2: do i'd say my my best recommendation in in that Cases you have to be consistent. Uh, You need to send the message that licking your face is is not okay. You can't just decide that. Yep, this time it's totally fine and you know lick away, uh, which you and or uh, Juliana may or may not be doing. Um, But sending the consistent message when you're training, um, because if you sometimes allow her to uh, Zane's a boy, right? Yeah, him lick, um, and then other times you punish him for it. You're going to confuse them more than anything else. Whatever you decide to do, it's just you need to be consistent.
0: Okay, how do I train him, like, two licks and stop?
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, that, that I got nothing for. You get
0: a little bit, and then you're done. And then, we're, then, we're, then we're over it.
2: Uh, it's either all or nothing. <laughs> I know. I am not talented enough to do an in-between.
0: The other thing this dog does is he – apparently it's like he's de- – we don't know what he is. He's definitely partially – Uh, German Shepherd but like one thing he'll do is like kind of like sit up like almost vertically and like put his paws towards you like a hold my hand kind of thing like it's quite adorable looking but like when you're sitting on the couch he's laying on your on your lap and then is on his back and puts his paws up by your face it like it's a bit sketchy I, I don't know how to stop that either I've been like no and like I don't know whatever we'll we'll figure it out (laughs)
2: <laughs> dogs are a good time how's we haven't talked about maple how's maple
1: maple's doing pretty good uh not too much to report i guess her her stool yesterday was a little loose but nothing to be too concerned about why I, I feel like up? a so okay and okay i heard it with babies you her stool and it's loose do you tighten the screw or <laughs> no no not this
0: <laughs> you can put some wood there. glue in first
1: ah, wood glue there you go. Yeah. Thicken some thickener. Wood, some flour. Well, wood
0: glue is a lot stronger than wood. What people don't know about wood crafting, which I just did a bunch of that today. We can get into that later if we feel like it. But anyhow, <laughs> with, with wood crafting, like the wood glue is like all the strength. Like any nail or screw you put in is basically just to help hold the wood glue until it dries.
1: Fun fact of the day, that's for sure. There you no, go. so I I was thinking about this when I was I was walking Maple with a couple of friends. And Maple had uh quite the ordeal of uh, a bathroom break. And I mean it's not bad, but it was a good number and she kinda does this little wiggle thing where she just she doesn't stay still. She just has to go in like four or five different places before you can pick it up, which is annoying to say the least. But at the time I'm like, Oh yeah, there yeah, it looks a little loose today and they just my friends gave me this look of what are you taught? Like, what are you doing? And and I always think, like, I, I think about, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, this is kind of like when you have, I hear about new parents and they have kids and they always like looking at the, the baby's diaper and make sure everything looks good and clean to tell the health about. And it's like, do I think of my dog as a baby? I don't know, but it, I, I either, I'm going to be a great parent because of this or because the stool is a little loose, maybe not a great parent. I don't know.
0: No, can you like judge poop in general? I won't call it a stool. I'll call it what it is. It's poop. Poop <laughs> in general keep it will clean. definitely give you some really good uh, insight into if your dog's not feeling well or if they got into something. That's definitely a a good indicator of something potentially going wrong. Yeah,
1: I think she probably just and found it's a definitely little a lot
0: treat. nicer to pick up when it's nice and solid and not <laughs> runny. That's the worst.
1: Well, thank you for that. Thank you, <laughs> dude. It clarify. is
0: Nick can back me on that one.
2: Yeah, I uh, I have a steady system with Ghost going to uh, parks. She'll she'll usually go twice, but if she runs around a ton, um, which she gets enough exercise certainly, especially for a dog her size. Um, but if she runs around the park for two three hours, if we have a really long day there, uh, there's a very realistic possibility that yeah, it'll it'll loosen up, if you will. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after the first two, you can't even pick it up. Like, I, I feel bad because you're that dog owner who's not picking up their dog's crap. But if you just look at it, you're like, it's like picking up mud. Like you can't you can't pick up mud. Nope, and unless nope. you brought a shovel and you just want to take the earth with it. Like, I almost should uh, if we're going to be there that long. But it's a uh, crappy subject. We should move on.
0: <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, the we'll other, uh, you. One last thing on this crappy subject is snow makes picking up poop so much easier and i don't know how owners don't pick up their poop like dude if you own a dog pick up your dog's poop especially if it's snowing like i understand oh i don't want to walk in the snow but it makes it way easier to pick up the poop like don't extend your leash so far that your dog walks right in the middle of everything like have him poop right on the edge and just pick it up there
1: (laughs) it's sure it's nice because you can just grab the snow beneath it and you don't ever get your hands dirty uh, my problem is we don't have snow in Seattle and people <laughs> always likes to go right into the leaves where it's like really tough to see it. And because she moves, it's, I always hope to get all of it, but I don't know if I do every time that's my ad- admitted of being a bad dog owner of the day. All right. So you were saying Kyle, you're working with wood glue. I feel like you're a 3d printer guy. What is this? This wood crafting.
0: Yeah. So I guess, uh- I'll keep it short. But at work, we have some industrial designers, and they'll occasionally, if they have a new client or a new customer come in, and they have a like an idea for, hey, I want to make this product. I think the the current project is basically, I don't know exactly. I to be honest, I don't know really what it is, but it's some sort of like stand up unit thing with a screen that goes into hospitals, and they want to they like they have the old version of it, and they want to make a new version, and. Uh, they want to make it modular. So what I made for them today was two boxes that are basically the size of what this dispensing unit thing is going to be. And then a little like module to put on top of it to be like the console that you'd interact with. But it's just super basic, but it's really good for industrial designers slash for the customer to have a visual representation of like, how big their end product is going to be, you know, that kind of thing. So I made them some boxes that one of them, they have to weight, they have to weight it down to like a hundred pounds. It's definitely already like 40 pounds just because they did some really thick plywood to make it out of. It's like three quarter plywood. And so it was just one of those things where, I don't know, somebody needed to make it. And I was like, I'm pretty confident in my wood making skills. And I asked my boss and he's like, yeah, it'll probably take like eight to 12 hours. And I got it done in like four so yeah, I, I got, a, I got a nice thumbs up for that. So this is something I'm
1: interested in because I know you went to school for engineering and I, I don't think most engineering curriculums have like a woodworking thing. And I, I know too, um, Nick, you also have done woodworking in the past. You made your own blind, which I've said in a few times and it's, it's very nice and, and comfortable. How How does one get into this woodworking thing? I know, I mean, you have to have a space to do it, but like, how do you pick up this like how? What would you recommend
0: getting started? Like how would you do that? So I guess for me personally, like number one thing was definitely my dad. Like he was big into woodworking. Like he had, he has like a a wood lathe. He had table saw. Like my dad's just like a quote unquote like crafty guy. Like he always is making stuff or you know like he, uh, there's there's a couple things I own that actually well. I, my grandpa was like a huge wood maker. Like he made a bunch of carvings and stuff. Like I know Brent, you've been around my house. I'm I'm, I'm not yes. sure if Nick has or not, but there's a bunch of carvings everywhere. And those are pretty much all my grandpa. And so like my dad kind of picked it up for my grandpa and then I picked it up for my dad. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't know. I did like my dad would be down in the workshop when I was a kid. So I'd head down there and he'd have me do something. I mean, the other bigger, big thing that definitely, helped kind of force me to make my own project as a kid was the like Pinewood Derby and scouts. I know there's always like the uh, classic joke yeah. of, Oh, like when I get older, I can make my own Pinewood Derby car with my son too. <laughs> uh, but
1: it's um, not a joke. I like it could be a reality. Yeah, right? It could be your daughter now too. Yeah. True. On.
0: True. That That's another topic right there. But the, the Pinewood Derby car is definitely a good, was like definitely a good start. I guess before then I had already touched tools and whatnot, as far as, Doing it, but I don't know. It's just one of those things where it, it it's fun. You you take a, a sheet of wood that's nothing, and you make it into a something that's usable and cool. And it's 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 similar engineering-wise as far as like engineering. Definitely the best thing about being a mechanical engineer for me, anyway, is like I can you know think of something in my head, make it on the computer, and then make it in real life, and then it's then it exists. It didn't exist before, and now it does. It's like I don't know. It's kind of cool, and I think it's the same kind of thing with woodworking where you 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 want something and you can make it
1: yeah well I, I know nick you i don't know did your dad do a lot of woodworking i i, I don't know if he would have it doesn't peg me as a type that would but maybe like what what's your background you in, in making really
2: stuff but i want to call you out for your excellent wood puns he he would help uh, <laughs> i don't peg him as something yeah those were two puns you definitely did not intend screw to do screw those puns you, you, oh um, the best
1: ones are unintended
2: um at any Those rate, are pretty
0: boarding left. puns. Uh, there you go. <laughs> no. No, I, I
2: was laughing because my uh my father is, is not someone who, who does any manual work. Uh he grew up and he, he learned how to do a, a great number of things and he didn't enjoy it, so he didn't pass whatsoever. <laughs> uh which is uh unfortunate for me. But I learned about working with wood, primarily from middle school, uh, Roosevelt middle school had a shop class and we had to, uh, build a couple things. The classic, uh, mousetrap car was involved. Uh, and then we had a few other projects. Um, but that was probably the extent of my, my woodworking outside of being around camp. Now, as I was growing up around that time period, roughly, uh, our, expand our hunting camp uh, the bunkhouse area as well as the living room uh, were added on to what was the original camp which is uh, a much smaller living room and uh, the kitchen essentially with uh, more of a bunkhouse upstairs for that as well but I watched my my uncles and my grandfather um, uh, essentially to to build this addition onto our hunting camp and that was influential but uh, I would say for building the blind, the biggest part for me was as a kid, I, I moved into a, a developing neighborhood and we were in the first portion of that neighborhood. Um, so as we were in that house, a lot of the other neighborhood houses were still being built. And I would spend summer days going through there when all the construction crews were gone, I would go walk around these houses. And it was really fascinating to me to uh, look at the construction and understand what they were doing and how it was supporting the different things and just by walking around and observing and kind of you know climbing on things i'd go climb up into the rafters of the roof and just check out how things work and how it was built and that was something i really enjoyed doing and um just seeing all that i i, I learned a lot from that i wouldn't say i'm a, a great woodworker in any way but having seen so many houses built i could take a much smaller version and apply that to my blind, which I, I made the four walls and I made a platform to put them on. And then I assembled those, brought those to the upper peninsula. And then I had uh, my grandfather help with the roof just because that was a bit of a trickier concept. Yeah. Roofs roofs roof.
0: are a lot more complicated than one would think.
2: So that was a trickier concept that I had my grandfather assist me. And uh, I I did a really good job, I thought, and took my time. And it wasn't quote unquote, to code by any means but it was actually stronger like technically you're supposed to have x amount of space in between your your studs and uh i had less than that just because i I eyeballed it and it it would have made more sense of course to do it to code as far as uh putting on uh the the uh what's the word uh sheets of wood why am i blanking on the plywood on the terminology thank you When you're putting on the plywood, like if you do it to code, it lines up really nicely. That's why it's code. That's why it makes sense. Uh, But because I didn't do that or know that, I just kind of eyeballed it. And it worked out, you know, just fine in the end. I had to cut the sheets and work with those to uh, get them on in a way that made sense. And um, having done it once, I I know I would do a much better job the second time. But it was a really cool experience. And I, I lived in an apartment at the time and I just parked my car Uh, in the lot outside and I built the blind in my garage and I, there was one plug in by the uh, garage door and I would go out and spend a couple hours each night, just kind of sitting in my garage and working on the blind. And it was, it was a lot of fun, but um, no, I didn't have any great tutors. I didn't have any great experience, but I, I feel like that's kind of a dying breed. Like I don't know in middle schools if they still have a lot of shop classes because it's so dangerous. Kids can lose fingers and, um, Kids are, I'm sure people have said this, you know, prior generations would say that about our generation, but kids are so soft. They're so effing useless in so many ways, uh, in the (laughs) sense that they've never been exposed to any of this. So, yeah, if you have a a middle school kid who doesn't know how to cook, let alone has never seen a saw being used, and he's running something through it, of course, his thumb's going to go right. So,
0: well, that's not even uh, like – that's not even just necessarily kids these days. days. Like even at work, like there, there's people that just have no idea how to do things properly as far as like cutting wood safely. Like I, I know as as far as the whole losing fingers things, I don't know if you've seen the, the saw stops or have heard of those. Basically, it's a table oh, yeah, saw. Those are sweet. It's a table saw that if your finger or something that conducts electricity gets close to slash touches the blade – it basically instantaneously drops the blade. It ruins your blade. And there's a cartridge below that gets ruined as well that you have to replace, but it's a lot cheaper than a finger, right? (laughs) So like if you, I guess
1: so, right? So anybody
0: listening, look up saw stop on YouTube. They are fantastic table saws and it's ingenious as far as the technology behind them. But like, as I was saying, even at work, there's people that just don't know how to use a table saw correctly. We don't have one of the saw stops, which we probably should, but it, it's, it's one of those things where it's surprising how much people like, I don't know, to, I guess to me, because I grew up knowing all this stuff and um, definitely because of my dad and just like being an interesting, being a kid that's interested in that kind of thing in general. Like apparently when I was like super young, I'd always be like, but how's that work? How's that work? Like, I would just, that was my question. I'd keep on repeating yeah. to my parents. Like, or why is that? You know, how's that work? Yeah about everything. I bet I I bet you were just a blast as a kid. Like I just (laughs) want a piece of quiet. For my dad probably, for my mom, it probably like shut up. Like I don't know it's electricity. It's black magic. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus made it this
2: this way. (laughs) Jesus lifts the the plane wings uh, on every plane (laughs) around the world and that's how you fly.
0: Dude, even even now, like I fully understand aerodynamics, but being inside a plane is still kind of mind blowing.
2: Yeah, I'd yeah. agree with that. It's, it's like, uh, dude, this
0: is a huge chunk of metal, and we are really high up in the air, and nothing—we're not being supported by anything besides the air itself. It's like speed, right? It's it's crazy. So you brought up a good point, guy. You're talking about the
1: the safety, the saw stop, and um, like it was made basically, it was invented because somebody you know, cut their finger it, off. Someone cut the, Yeah, I'm a necessity. <laughs> we're like we, we had to protect the human race. From the human race, and and uh, I commute quite a bit to work, so I've been listening to all of these these podcasts about about startups and people that have been making new, you know, uh, businesses and how they got things started. And a lot of it was either it was something that they were really, really interested in, and they just went for it. I have maple. No, Shh. I'm talking. <laughs> uh, if you want to know how maple's doing, she's whining. Um, or it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like they people find a need. Like in this case, people cutting their finger off using a saw and, and fixing it. And I was wondering with inventing, like, what is something that you guys think people need to be protected from of themselves? Like how I feel like that could be the next big thing, because I know we've been talking about trying to invent something or something. Like- the, the
0: main thing that comes to mind is I remember in middle school in, in shop class, Brent, we had to we had to like make a rule for the shop. And I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure your rule was do not lick the bandsaw blade.
1: <laughs> that's true I stay by that that's, that's a the, solid that's I mean there my, is a
0: solid rule like you definitely don't want to do that It was
1: one of my tenets of uh, living still to this day if I see a bandsaw blade ooh, tongue keeping it in as far as
0: uh, if I have an idea of how to protect the human race from itself um, I mean if I think of a really good idea not saying it definitely just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> gonna put the patents in right yeah, away but, uh, no no so that's the other thing Is like I don't know never mind as far as inventing things, I feel like you could almost, I guess, depends on how much you think it has potential. Like you could probably just like start selling the thing, see how it goes and then patent it. But anyhow, the the trouble is if China gets hold of it. Sorry, Nick, go ahead.
2: Uh, uh, There there are so many things that I guess I would say they, they need more support. And that's, that's kind of um, the gist of, of, the evolution of this. It's okay. Yeah. You want to find the thing before anyone else does and make millions so you don't have to work. And of course that's the dream, but I I, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of divert this conversation into one of my points for today um, or one of my talking points, rather Um, something that I feel should be more openly adopted. And I've been doing some, some research into this lately because it was something I wanted to do if it made financial sense, uh, but my research has revealed it, it may not, and uh, that would be uh, tankless water heaters. I don't know if I've spoken with either of you about
1: no, nope,
0: but I know they
2: exist.
1: Heater. That makes sense to me. That should right. You no, know, they do exist.
2: Uh, they are incredibly efficient and uh, are you know far better economically th- than than. And I've been doing some research because when we bought our house, we did know that the water heater in place is expired. Uh, it's 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 functioning, but it's it's well above and beyond uh, the ex- expected years of life. So uh, we half expect at any given point that it will just die. And we've had some days where. We weren't running anything else like a dishwasher or the wash laundry or whatever. Um The hot water just was not as hot as it should be. And it's not a matter of turning it up because I guarantee if I turn it up, it'll conk out that much faster. Uh, but it, it, it has good days and bad days. So you're like, okay, it's kind of wavering on the edge. i wake
0: everything. up in the morning like, oh, I wonder if my shower is going to be warm this morning.
2: <laughs> it's not that bad, but it's <laughs> it's getting close.
0: Oh, um, it's a cold shower
1: day. Sorry. We can hope not. But that's how I, I feel about I, our apartment. Oh, sorry. just had to say that.
2: You're good. I, like, I talked to your manager. You don't have to pay for that. I, I own a house, so I do. But and at any rate, I, I digress. Uh, we I've done some research looking into it. And uh, the standard water heaters, depending on the size and quality you're looking for, can run. And I'm ballparking here because I, I don't know the exact figures. But like $600 at like a basement bargain price. To somewhere in the ballpark of like 900 to 1200 like as high as 1300 would be a, a top-end huge water tank that would be standard for most homes And I did some research online as far as tankless. And I looked at some of the brands. There's American Standard has a tankless, Reem, R-H-E-E-M, however you say or spell that. Uh, Or I spelled it, I suppose I I know that one. But uh, Reem and then uh, American Standard, and then there's like one other one that were in the area that uh, were recommended by one of the installers. And I looked at them, the prices are an extra couple hundred bucks. So you're talking instead of what would be an average water heater, you know, $900 to $1,100 ballpark, uh, you would be paying $1,300 to $1,500 for a, a very nice tankless water heater. And I'm thinking, okay, an extra $100, $200, I, I, could, I could do that. It, it's supposed to last longer and it's much more efficient. You know, maybe I'll make up some of that cost in uh, savings as far as the energy. Uh, so that was a good thought excited about it and started doing some research I actually just called some folks uh today and i was inquiring as to okay well what would what would an installation look like I've, I've seen a couple different figures here and the guy on the phone like basically laughed me off the phone and said oh yeah tankless water heater you know that installation is going to cost you three to four grand on its own huh. what three wow. to four grand like how does the installation cost that? And I, I I still want to do some more research and certainly I can follow up in the future uh, with what my final decision is, but and the, the concept it's just, it blew my mind and I'm looking at my house, which is designed in such a way that all of my furnace, my water heater, they're all in line very nicely and they have access to the gas. They have access to the electricity. It's all right there. Whereas I think in a lot of other homes, uh, it, I can speak to my father's or the houses that he's had and that I grew up in, obviously the water heater is sometimes centrally located to disperse the water throughout the house, wherever it may be needed.
0: Yeah. Fairly evenly.
2: That would be separate from the electrical box and separate from the gas line. And you do need to have an amplified or a different type of gas line going to this uh, tankless water heater to supply the fuel at at a more aggressive rate. It will burn more gas when it's in use? Of course, instead of just having a little flame constantly going, you have a a, a big flame while the water's running uh, it, that will essentially heat it. So it makes sense that you would have a, a, a different gas line. Okay, well, how far is the gas line? In some houses, it'd be pretty far. And then you need to also potentially have a different electrical setup. And how far is that from most standard water heaters? Pretty far. So I'm doing the math and I'm looking at this. I might have to pay you know the 80 to $100 to have someone just come eyeball this and say oh no your installation will you know hopefully only be you know two three hundred dollars or you know, something more reasonable um but even then i'm struggling between okay i can still just buy a really nice uh, you know a really really nice standard water heater with a tank for you know a little less than that and it'll last quite a while or I can make this upgrade to tankless um, not just because I'm a you know go green freak because I'm, I'm definitely not if you know me uh, but it, it would be you know of interest in an investment in my home kind of thing but um, I, I guess what are your what are your thoughts on tankless water heaters are there other, other items that come to mind like that that you'd want to upgrade if and when you own a home so uh, or, or thoughts on my situation.
0: yeah if I may I think two things number one I would find somebody who is like super uh i guess trained up in water heaters and that kind of thing like i don't know maybe ask around your work or something just or you know have Megan ask around her, her work as well see if they just if you already know somebody that might know more about this kind of thing just so that way you get the second opinion as far as you know somebody who knows what they're talking about as far as tankless goes i, I remember hearing somewhere that unless you have to put your water through like a water softener tankless water heaters don't make as much sense as far as like price to performance kind of thing. And apparently depending on the size of your house and you know, where you typically shower, like if you're tankless water heaters in the basement and you shower in the top floor, you know, something like that, uh, you're still going to have like that initial cold water just because it's in the pipes, right? You can't get around that. And that was, way- that
2: the- was my understanding that you would have to run the water so that the stuff that was heated would get there. So you yeah. would have to drain out out of the pipe so the Uh, only way you get something yeah the only way uh, you get the uh, instant
0: uh, water is if you get one of those there's they make mini inline water heaters that you can put like right next to your beyond that there's a a
2: small pump you could buy that would rotate your system for you essentially it it was i'm sure it's more expensive than i'm thinking but you could essentially put a pump that would keep the water within your pipes rotating so that it, it theoretically would be instant but yes that's a different appliance or a different addition on top of that what uh, you're thinking of is a uh, like a point of sale like a point of hot water heater in that place yeah which, i've seen those
0: um, you have I know, like a lot of like times they'll put them just sink. in sinks that way when you're washing your hands you don't need that much water to wash your hands compared to a shower like a shower you can leave it on for a little bit let the hot water start coming but like washing your hands i just want hot water right now right so I think yeah. that would, uh, if I were you, I would, I would just look up if it makes sense to even do one of those inline hot water heaters as far as cost wise. Like it just seems like it's getting pretty pricey for what you got. And then the other thing I'd look at is I, I, I do remember hearing somewhere. They just don't make sense unless you're one of the people that has to do a water softener or something. Cause you get your water out of a well. So my guess is probably avoid the inline, but
2: the, uh, the thing I had heard was if you needed to soften your water, uh, if you had well water, it wasn't a good idea. If you had water that was city water, because it would already be soft enough in theory. Because if you if it wasn't soft, it would your it would it would degrade your water heater faster. And if you're investing in a tankless water heater, you would want it to be soft. You'd want it to last longer.
0: Anyhow, water heater talk.
2: <laughs> I liked it. It was, it was It's what I've been uh, interested in and investigating for this a while. So These
0: are the kind of things there. you get into when you own a house, and I guess I'm just not at that stage. Someday, I'll ask you what you ended up doing for your water heater and likely do the same. Fair enough. <laughs> I yeah. always
1: find that it's really nice to have someone that's done it before. Like You never want to be the first person. to cl- I mean... There is a glory in being the first person to climb a mountain. But the second time someone climbs a mountain is generally a lot easier, right? Because yeah, they're, like, have, they lay have the, the path. track, they know right. where to go. Everything's already like you have experience to build on. so in uh, this house case, like it's nice to have Nick there. Um, right. Just I th- to switch and segue quick. I know yeah, if I may real
0: quick before you segue off that's a really good point in general. And actually I bring this yeah. up to like all the robotics kids. It's like, Hey, if you guys, you need to solve a problem. What already exists, right? Like it's kind of yeah. just that, that just sparked that thought. It's like, these guys are trying to like think of brand new stuff. It's like, dude, you need to grab a disc. Okay. What is out there in the world that already grabs discs? Like what, what can we copy that, or, you know, do something similar that, you know, achieves a similar function. But Anyhow, okay, go ahead,
1: Brent. And that's where that's where the glory of YouTube comes in because there's a lot of people that have made videos on just about literally everything. So you, you most likely can find something on YouTube or Google it, which is super cool. No, um, but, but like speaking so of climbing, I know how you were telling me earlier you'd watched free. Is it free fall?
0: It's uh, no, free free, free solo.
1: Oh, okay. All right. What what is that about? So that's Actually, I forgot the guy's I
0: name. I should look up the guy's name. But it's uh the. It's the guy that free soloed El Capitan. And if you don't know what free soloing is, it's it's so it's, it's mountain climbing, uh like the legit straight up the wall, the face, but yep. it's without any ropes or any safety gear at all. It's just sounds stupid. <laughs> so, and then, so bec- after watching that movie, I watched a lot of his other stuff too. And uh it, it was Colin. It's not Scott Pierce. He definitely did something, but it's not him. It's, it's something else. I forgot the guy. I'll, I'll we'll figure out the guy's name. It, it's free solo is the movie. And so it, he climbs up El Capitan without any ropes or safety gear at all. He has a chalk bag, t-shirt and some shorts and his climbing shoes. And that's, that's it. And he did, he's done a couple interviews, which if you're interested in this kind of thing, you can look, uh, look him up on YouTube. He's done quite a few things on YouTube, uh, but, uh, basically the, his answer to this is stupid is I, I he understands why people think that way but it's it's one of those things where he he planned this route for like six months like he's, he first of all he's climbed this mountain before like multi, like this is a top level professional climber like you don't just start climbing today and in a year do what he just did this is since he was 10 he was climbing this kind of stuff. And so like, he's already done this. It's, uh, and then he took like six months beforehand to literally plan out every single little move. Like he literally has a notebook. He writes down every single movement he does with his hands and his feet. And he memorizes it. Like he has this entire notebook memorized of every single move and like climbing, like it just, it sounds intense. I still don't fully understand it. And something that kind of parks my interest where it's like, Hey, like I did climbing in boy Scouts and I liked it. Like maybe I should get into climbing obviously with safety gear. Cause I'm not that crazy, <laughs> but it's like, he was, he has different names for every single kind of hold. Like there's a bajillion different holds you can do with your hands and your feet. And he has them all laid out exactly move for move. And he has it fully memorized. So, and he also, he attempted it once and he just wasn't feeling it that day or whatever. So he bailed and he came back a couple months later and then he actually did it. So it's one of those things where it's people say he's crazy, he's stupid, but it's so thought out and meticulous that it... Oh, Alex Honald, something like that is the guy's name. Uh, but right. it, it's just so meticulous and it it's it's awesome. And apparently he has done a couple other free solos before. And in one particular case, he starts climbing this mountain. And a lot of these mountains are like, once you start climbing... Or this, these walls, once you start climbing, you can't really go back down. Like, it's a lot more difficult to go down than it is up. Like, it's just, it's safer just to keep on going up rather than trying to go back down. And apparently on one of these climbs, he gets like halfway up the mountain, or the wall, and he's like, crap, I forgot my chalk bag. Like, that's like, apparently a bread and butter thing for climbing. Like, you put chalk on your hand so you don't slip and fall and die. But he, he just literally started soloing something without a chalk bag. Apparently, like halfway up, he met another set of climbers. He's like, "Hey, can I borrow your chalk bag?" <laughs> so oh, I thought those it was guys like one that was like, "Hey, Vince, to- toss it up." <laughs> no, no, no. He's already like 400 feet up or something. Like they can't just oh they God. can't just toss it to him. There's no ropes there, so you can't lower it down to him. So like literally, he gets halfway up this mountain. He's like, "Crap, I forgot my chalk bag." So he keeps on going. Meets up with these climbers, you know, halfway ish. And then, they, yeah, they lend him a chalk bag that they had because they're, you know, two climbers working together. You know, they have all the with gear ropes. they need with, yeah, with ropes. And then he borrowed. I'll leave it at the top. And so literally, he just finishes climbing this entire wall, leaves it at the top, and walks off. And he's like he, one other funny thing I'll share before I stop talking is that uh, apparently for like a lot of these free solos, like uh, when other people come up with their climbing gear, they get to the top of the cliff and it's like a lookout point where like it's part of a national park. So like there's a lookout point where like people could stand there and, you know, look around and be like, Oh, it's so cool. Like see the view. So when people come up in climbing gear, everybody will freak out be like, Oh, you just climbed that. Like, that's amazing. Blah, blah. Like, cool. Can I get your, can I get a picture with you? Like, like that was great. You, that was really impressive. But like when him free soloing, he gets to the top, he's not wearing any climbing gear. All he has is like his climbing shoes on. So he gets to the top and nobody pays him any attention because he doesn't look the part of a climber. I just thought that was kind of funny. Oh,
1: cause there's probably trails that you can walk
0: down. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So yeah, he would a... climb to the top and walk down a trail of some sort. Yeah.
1: So there's, there's this thing that uh, I've learned about uh, in my studies where it was like, it's called flow where you just sort of get in a zone that everything just comes naturally. And you just you like, you lose track of time. You're able to do things such as climbing just like immaculately without even like really even thinking about because everything is just coming naturally i i imagine he was probably in quite a state of flow to get 400 feet up the ground without a chalk bag and just be
0: like oh yeah wait yeah before even realizing Oops. oh crap i forgot my chalk bag
1: <laughs> forgot about that i feel uh, like that will be silly like...
0: go ahead nick
2: the flow statement uh what what was that what was that from i'm just curious because that's how I've kind of described basketball. Now, granted, I am not that good of a player. I am a, a casual player at best, but I've had really, really good days. And when I've psychologically explained you know, what basketball does for me mentally, when I'm on the f- court, like you don't have to think. Like y- You reach a certain point where you don't have to think. You just react. You just do. And, and sometimes that means you're having a great day shooting, you don't have to think about your form. You literally just put the ball in the air, knowing that it's going in the hole. Now that's only happened to me once or twice uh, with really, really, really good days. But you know, there are professionals or, or even amateurs that have, you know, days of their days where, um, and they're in a flow, but even without being, you know, super performance mentally, when I'm out on the court, like I just zone in like it, it, Nothing else matters. I could be going through some horrible family nonsense or whatever. I step on the court, I'm playing the game, I'm going up and down, and I just know what's supposed to happen. I have a really un- good understanding. And not, I probably have a, an elementary understanding compared to like an NBA player, but
0: prof- um, yeah, professional are- athletes in general. Right
2: get it and even at that level i mean there are professional athletes who, who still don't get it who need to be told everything but they're not there mentally but physically they make up for it but there there's the other side of the coin where you just understand how everything's supposed to go you know the x's and the o's to the point where you don't have to think oh yes he should set a screen for me you just dribble over and he knows he's supposed to set the screen and then you know how that interaction is supposed to go so i i'd be curious about you know what, where you got that from, or if that's somebody wrote about that, or you know what their take on that is.
1: So it's it's from psychology. It's actually been around for a while. Um, I I don't know who exactly thought about it because my background is not quite in psychology. But um, there's actually like you you've described kind of the different steps that you go through, and, and a lot of it's just having that high familiarity, like what you have with basketball or what I'm sure Alex Honnold or whatever his name is, has with climbing where you just, you know, it's supposed to go. So like you have to know what to do. You have to know how to do it. You also have to be able to like comprehend how well you're actually doing. Uh, Knowing where to go. Like if you have somewhere to go, you know, like knowing, hit the picks, hit the screens, that kind of thing. Well, uh, yeah. And Um, if I may. Actually having like the Yeah, go
0: ahead. uh, No, like I totally get what you're saying. Like I've definitely... I I believe I've experienced the flow like a couple times. The the first one I can remember is in elementary school. We had to do some like relay race. I don't know why, but literally like, as I was running back on the final thing, like I did the whole like slow-mo thing in my head where like everything was slow-mo, like hyper-focused for whatever reason. I think I've also maybe experienced a couple times in like broom ball. I guess I never really, I don't think I really ever experienced that kind of thing in wrestling when I was wrestling, I think, I don't know. I, maybe I thought too much when I was wrestling. I, my my has always told me that anyway, but <laughs> um, for broom ball, that's like a super fast paced thing. And I think I've definitely experienced that a couple times where it's like, you just naturally, like you don't think about what you just did. You just naturally reacted to something. And like, it's one of those things where if it works out, you just feel like a genius or like, I think even in video games, sometimes you'll see that where it's like, yeah. I'm going to flash away from them or, you know, uh, whatever, like League of Legends. Just hit the perfect combo. Yeah. Or like, yeah, you're just like, this will work somehow. I don't know how, but it will work. And, yeah, it, or it's just you're, you're reacting to, to a situation rather than thinking through it. And uh, one like, of the things that... At a completely that, higher
1: level, too. Yeah, oh, like yeah, for sure. Your senses are almost heightened in a way. Um, I, I always think the best example I can think of flows. Uh, Golden State Warriors for NBA have a basketball player named Clay Thompson, who will every once or twice a year will just pop up for like 50 points where he just he can't miss it just he comes off screen he doesn't ever dribble he just he catches the ball and he just hits the three pointer nearly every time and i always like you can just tell i i feel like the it's synonymous almost with the you're the, the getting hot like oh he's getting hot you know he's 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 catching fire that kind of thing where you just—it seems like you can't really do too much wrong, and I don't think it's a very long. I don't think you can be in flow for incredibly long periods of time, but like it's—it's it's always something that boggles my mind—is when, when that kind of happens and you just everything else just slows down and you forget stuff like chalk bags.
0: Well, it's just I think with that, it's kind of crazy how just sometimes athletes will just pop off, like just have an ungodly something happen, whether it's the Olympics and they just. They've never gotten past a certain time as their personal best and they somehow shatter their time out of the water and get an Olympic record. It's, it's, it's crazy to see high end athletes and just humans in general being able to do this kind of stuff. I, like one other example that comes to mind for sports is like the Brett Favre, uh, the Oakland game right after his dad died. He had the game of his life, like a, a, oh, yeah. a, a record setting game r- the day after. And it's like, dude, like it's crazy that humans can just do that kind of thing. I, I have a question
1: for you guys, quick. Um, a little bit similar to this conversation, but what do you guys feel about like the concept of clutch? Like, is clutch real? Because they say like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's not clutch, or he's clutch. Or, like, is clutch actually a viable thing, or is that just something that people make up to give narratives to otherwise regular
0: performances?
2: Hmm. Kyle.
0: <laughs> um. I think some people definitely perform better under pressure. Like I guess one mini example for me would be like at work, if I don't have somebody directly depending on what I do, that would like affects them. Like if, if anything I do only affects me, I'm, I'm definitely a lot less motivated in general than if what I'm doing affects other people. Like if I don't, if I don't do this in time or if I don't do this perfect, then the other person is affected by what I'm doing. So I can maybe see that where like people just under pressure, literally just perform better. I guess the other thing is like some sports are just naturally more random than others. Like I think there's some game, some sports where a single player can make a huge difference by being clutch. And like in basketball, they always talk about give it to the hot person. Like, but I, I don't know. Some sports are just more random than others. I think there's a, a YouTube. I maybe I spent too much time on YouTube. There's a YouTube video. <laughs> about uh like which sports the most random. And I think hockey ended up being the most random just because you have so many people rotating in and out all the time. And the skill level at, at that professional My level main, is such a small uh, difference.
2: Segue into uh, what I was actually going to say regarding clutch uh and the hockey comment, because I went to the uh, Minnesota wild game. That was oh, nice. And that game went. The Wild proved to be not so clutch. Uh, they, lost. they lost in a shootout. What happened so, to the
0: Wild? They started the season so strong.
2: Uh, they fell apart, and now they're still competing for a uh, wild card spot. I guess is my understanding.
0: Too bad the Blackhawks are getting that wild card spot. Ooh, I sense rivalry.
2: Don't really care about hockey that much, but good
1: on. <laughs> uh, Trying to drive a narrative here, guys. Help me out.
2: And to maybe two other wild games, and I'm pretty sure they've lost every game I've gone to, which is disappointing. And I, I really want to be a hockey fan, but I digress. Uh, uh, As far as Clutch there, you could almost tell kind of who – what I would describe Clutch as is who is in a big game moment your pressure performer. And I would say there there is such a thing as as clutch. it's it's
0: primetime players, some primetime plays.
2: there's all kinds of fun statements like that. But <laughs> there's someone who you go to where the pressure doesn't affect them. That's what a lot of uh, shooting coaches, at least in basketball, will talk about where uh, someone's shot, they may be good with it. They may make a lot of shots, but typically, if your shot does not have good form, uh, in a clutch situation where you're you're thinking about it you're in your head it's the end of the game you got to make it happen you're overanalyzing everything someone who is clutch doesn't overanalyze just goes out and, they, and their flow
0: it.
1: one thing i'd <laughs> argue with clutch though and because you being the point like end of the game you want the person that's over overanalyzing the moment but how much is being tired because if you, you, know, you play 40 minutes of basketball or whatever and I expect to make the last shot, or you're playing hockey. you are rotating all the time, like what? Is, how, game six. Yeah, but like, how does is is clutch like being able to perform well while, while tired, or is, is tired not matter? Can oh, you be clutch no, no, in the no. first it's, quarter? It's, or? Are we it's defining a, clutch? Ability
2: to turn on the flow regardless of your be capable. Meaning, it doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know what the game time situation is if we need two points you're giving MJ the ball and he he yeah. is going to find a way to do it period Uh he, he doesn't have to force it he's not going to do you know something he's never done before but he's going to evaluate what he's given and, and, and take it I mean that was that's the I guess that's the best way to describe it it's someone who can subconsciously look at a situation and and know what to do without thinking about it and and that's what i I, how i want to connect the hockey it got all the way down to a shootout which in hockey because i'm not a hockey expert so i'll explain it like i'm not a hockey expert uh there are three periods which is the dumbest thing ever but it's hockey so whatever (laughs) and then after those three periods there's a uh three on three overtime period time period if nobody has scored they go into a shootout and i believe it's uh three three shots for each team. And it doesn't matter if uh, you miss one or make one uh, it's, it's of those three, you each get three.
0: It's a best of five initially is what it is. It's a five. Yeah. Okay. It's a best of five. So if some team scores three in a row, they'll just stop. Right. Cause it, it, you're already one. The best other best of five score. Right. Yeah. Otherwise they'll just but, keep on throwing in new people and alternating until eventually somebody's up with both teams. Those
2: first five. And I, I thought it was three, but you might be right. Um, after those first five, only it was three last night, dude.
0: It should be five, unless I'm they're pretty
2: sure, because it was tied at one. It was one goal to one goal. Wild had missed their first two, uh, and then the uh, Nashville Predators, maybe I think it was what it was. They had made their second goal, but uh, the goalie for the Wild saved it for uh, the third shot. So it was one to one after the three three attempts and maybe Google it to double check. But uh, at any rate, whether it was three or five, and I'm just imagining all these other misses. Hmm, they do have the shootout as two uh, to
0: one. You, you are correct. Continue.
2: Okay, good. And then th- from there, it's not every team gets three. It goes varying every other. So if you make one, they have to make one. Uh, it's it's one for one after that. And uh, guys for the wild go up and shoot. You could just tell the one guy who, who made his goal he made it look easy. There was never any doubt. Like he 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 just had an approach. He had a method of doing things where he was he gonna knew read it was what going the goalie and he had you know one of five options based on what the goalie did and he, he hit the five hole and it was it was a beautiful goal. Uh, the other guys, they just went and tried to do some nonsense and they'd get all this speed and they'd go flying by and it's like, okay, they have one shot they've already predetermined this is what they're doing. If it works, great. If it doesn't it ain't going to work like there's there's no other option in their mind. Oh, and at and that level, was, the goalie was, knows
0: that, too. Like they've studied that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but it was it was super easy to see as a fan that, you know, the guys who know what they're doing. It's really easy to see and The guys who don't just as easy to see
1: like it's it's crazy. What? But, Jeez, you know, what else is crazy as I segue <laughs> on to something else is that this morning I woke up and I saw a text on my phone and the text is from nick and he's saying that i need to see like is there any way kyle or brent that you know we can get to and, and watch the last game of game of thrones last season of game of thrones Um because somehow since we talked about it like a few episodes ago nick has somehow breezed through game of thrones <laughs> completely binged the all the
0: seasons i have no clue how to we do basically
1: that's not the point, but you've inspired me, Nick, actually, and I want to mention this. I went to the library after track practice today, and I have decided to, uh, to try and binge my own series, uh, this case a series I've already watched before, and I don't know if any of you read this, but the Redwall series. Have, have any of you guys read those back in the day? I, think- I read the Redwall book with uh, Matthias or whatever his name was. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I read that book, and it was my homeroom book. 14 times
1: oh my gosh (laughs) you've read it quite a bit you've read quite a bit but there's a there's like a 30 40 book series that he's just the author wrote a bunch of them and i i'm gonna try and read it chronological order from the first one down to the latest and i feel like now that i'm i'm older and probably better at reading than i used to be uh it shouldn't be too like i should be able to get through them pretty quick but i'm excited to go through that non of, of visiting characters that you know i i read maybe once or twice already and getting to kind of meet them again which i'm sure you felt like when you saw game of thrones again is you know granted for those who don't know what the red wall series is to give a background it's a a series that revolves around red wall which is a um a monastery or i don't exactly know what you'd call it but it has a bunch of talking animals and then always bad guys or other species of animals come and attack and it's kind of British in some yeah! ways, but yeah. That was an you know accident. Know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. Uh, <laughs> I worked out that really was well. That. that worked out pretty well. <laughs> you agree. My bad. Uh, but it's, it's one of those <laughs> things as a kid, I've always been a really big fan of like fantasy and um, those kind of narratives, the whole swords and bows and medieval type events. And then animals, I'm really big into that too. So I'm excited to get back into it. Hopefully it's aged well as i've aged like sometimes you read books that you've read as a kid and you're like oh this is written definitely for the demographic i was at like uh not as fun to read um so we'll we'll see if i stick with it but you're binging this morning nick i just want to let you know it inspired me and i'm ready to to go
2: Uh, I could I could talk about Game of Thrones for I could I could host a separate podcast dedicated to nothing but Game of Thrones. But I actually just watch other people podcast about it Huge (laughs) fan of uh, Secrets of the Citadel, which is uh, hosted by Gemma. And she is a British individual. Very easy on the ears. uh, Does very good work breaking down the books and the TV show episodes. Uh, She works with a couple other guys that are um, not as easy on the ears. Uh, but fun <laughs> to listen to. Uh, one of them actually reminds of reminds me of Brent uh, with his kooky antics uh, via podcast. Uh, kooky in the- antics.
1: <laughs> Someone has to be the kooky antics guy.
2: It's a little irritating a- for me, blatantly on our podcast, but uh, in some context it works. But Gemma is the uh, the secrets of the Citadel, which is the channel name. Uh, she is the anchor of that podcast and if she wasn't on it i wouldn't listen uh so that's how i feel about our podcast too at any rate uh i could talk. wait if you weren't on
1: it you wouldn't listen uh never mind keep going keep going yeah
2: yeah i I was just throwing shade there at any rate um yeah I, i blew through it with uh having luna at home what i've done is i've i've taking a lot of time in the afternoon to just have that playing in the background. Um, and the one comment I'll make instead of going on a full tangent, which I want to, but I won't.
0: I, I think um, once the game of Thrones starts up, we should have a whole de- episode just dedicated to game of Thrones. Absolutely. Whether that's right at the beginning or right at the end of the season. Uh, maybe we do that when the final season here, fine, you know, finishes, we'll have a whole episode dedicated and we'll just fully game of Thrones talk. We'll
1: get hyped
2: about it the The big thing there, though, is uh, I, I didn't have to watch very closely. and it's disappointing that I didn't like historically, I think before every game of Thrones season when I first got hooked, which was or somewhere around season two or three, um, before every season, I've watched the other seasons uh, up to it. and including the, uh, I think it was two, three years ago when Devin was my roommate. so it had almost three years ago, maybe. Uh, whatever season came out. There was a an IMAX showing of the last two episodes uh, before the new season came out, and Devin and I like drove to Minneapolis when we lived in Nina to go to an IMAX showing of Game of Thrones, the final two episodes, which of course we'd already seen, but it was really cool to see it in the theater. Uh, very nerdy about that, but hmm. uh, I've rewatched all those and I've I've watched it you know really closely, and every single time. Because of the new season, I was able to pick up something historically that was really significant. But as soon as they went off of George R. R. Martin's material, it 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 you reeked, can tell. Uh, Hollywood bullshit writing, uh, and that is the nicest way I can put it. It was it was a, a shame to take the story and do what they did with it. And I understand they have to summarize a lot of what George R. R. Martin was attempting to accomplish, but um, they whitewashed it. They sped up the timeline to a, a, an unrealistic uh, oh yeah some
0: of those things are ridiculous if you look at the map like the the quote-unquote map of what the the world of game of thrones looks like like some of the episodes you're traveling from one side of the world to the other side of the world and it's just like it happened overnight entire, entire it,
2: seasons like two of them passed without someone reaching you know a quarter of the world's distance because that's the rate that the show was going at and to have it like speed warp and time warp and everything else. Like I said, I could talk about this for a while and and talk about all the issues. Gemma from secrets of the Citadel broke it all down. and does a fantastic job. I'm going to keep plugging her. (laughs) Uh, But uh, regardless, I didn't have to watch very closely. So I had that on in the background while watching Luna and monitoring my, my work laptop. So was very easily able to watch five or six episodes a day. Uh, without having to watch very closely because there's never going to be uh, another great exchange between Tyrion Lannister and uh, and the Spymaster Varys or, or or all of the other things that were yeah. so artfully done. Uh, how they killed Littlefinger was just a waste of time. Uh, it,
0: was, yeah. it was very, was, very dumb. To be to fair, though, that sure was one of art. the more surprising things that the new writers have done.
2: No, no, it was not. They, out of all the other so. things they have
0: the new writers do, I think that one was one of the more surprising ones. He
2: had to die, he had to die, and he is a a genius of manipulation on the level of Tyrion and Varys, and he's dumb enough to just sit in Winterfell for five or six
1: episodes and wait to
2: die. No, he's not. Yeah, no, that was pretty that weak. Was horrible writing.
1: But again, right, it wasn't sure. So, I, so I, if I, I may, if I may, there's a reason why Martin has written one of the great epic fantasy series of all time You're and right. the writers are producing hollywood Stay type movies say wrote but, wrote written. like w-r-o-t-t-e-n roten i don't know we're moving past written, that we're moving past it whatever who cares but anyway <laughs> so the basically what i'm getting from this nick is that the the writers when they were writing like when it was doing martin stuff the show was definitely a Zaru plus. But now, more recently, it's been a little bit more of a Zaru bust. And going off of our unofficial one-segment-per-episode rule, um, let's do a little round of Zaru bust. Or you got to say with me here. Zaru, Zaru plus. plus. That was really weak. I'm embarrassed by that, but that's okay. Nick didn't so, participate. There's we'll no way there. we'll
0: you actually there. expected Nick to participate in that.
1: I did, like... A little bit. You gotta admit, you didn't even feel it yourself. You like stopped yourself
2: to cringe. Well, oh, I needed
1: to make sure you guys knew what was going on. I had to really pump because I knew
2: Nick, you weren't following. You were cringing as you were saying it. I you know, knew that this you segment right now
0: is a sorrow bust, and we should just end the episode.
1: No, it's not. So <laughs> I really want to know about this. Um, I see both you and Kyle when I visit. Uh, Nick, that you you have these bands that you hold instead of wallets like a regular adult or regular person or a traditional person at the very least. What is up with having all of your valuable stuff that's important to keep in just like a rubber band? I don't I don't get it. I'm not buying it. Oh,
0: you're talking about like the graffiti band things that we have instead of wallets? Yeah, what what
1: is that why that sounds like a Zoro like bust to me, if I'm being honest.
0: So I guess I'll start because I think I got Nick into it. I guess Nick can then talk into why he's continued to do it or tried it and went with it. Is for me, like, I, I always had a wallet. I grew up with a wallet and I would always go a trifold because, you know, that's what I, I had a, a couple bifolds growing up, but mostly I do trifolds just because that's what my dad preferred. And so it kind of made sense. And I always saw my dad's wallet as massive. Like, he always had as much receipts and whatever in there as possible, it seemed. And then, like, my wallet started getting that way. And one time I just decided, like, I don't really need this stuff with me. Like, I just, I don't need this on me. Like, I do not use this gift card. I do not use, like, half the other stuff in my wallet. Like, I don't need my CPR certifications in my wallet. Like, I just, I don't need that on me. So, it just got to the point where I put it all in, like, this metal, it, it was a metal tin that was supposed to be for, like, gift cards. But I just put all the extra junk inside that metal tin in my car. That way it's still with me just in case I needed it. And then I just carry my ID, my credit card, my debit card, and some business cards and my conceal carry. And I think that's it. That's literally those five things with however many business cards I feel like throwing in there is all I carry on me at any time. And the only thing I need to carry all that stuff is a graffiti band. Uh, they're basically, if you want to make your own, that they're basically like the vegetable rubber bands. Uh, but Graffiti Band is the specific brand name that I bought on Amazon. And they come in like a pack of eight for 12 bucks or something like that, which is definitely expensive for a rubber band. But it's glorified and it has some nice print and text on it. And they're pretty darn durable. My last one, I think, lasted me like two and a half years. And then, yeah, when I was roommate with Nick, Nick saw that I had one of the graffiti band things. And I'm like, yep, I just decided this is all I'm carrying my stuff around in. And he's like, I'll try it. So I gave him one.
2: And I had that graffiti band with me until about uh, three months ago, four months ago. Uh, and honestly, it, it was still lasted. It just had a rip that was slowly getting bigger in it. Like it's, it's a very nice material, but I was in a similar category as, as Kyle. And um, I would fully endorse the graffiti bands. Maybe they're not worth the price, but the, the concept is simple. Uh, it, it's it's eerily. I grew up and, and was yeah used to seeing my dad or other people have the standard trifold wallet, and I had all my cards and all this and all that stuffed in that thing. And I was, um, you know, brought up or you know not brought up like my dad taught me. Okay, son, you put your <laughs> your wallet in your pocket. No. No, it's just the the expected standard was you put it in your back pocket. Well, uh, even in high school, you know, I noticed like my back got sore because I was sitting on a freaking textbook worth of uh, gift cards and uh, bonus cards and this and that uh, all in my, my wallet. And it didn't, it didn't make any sense. Like I don't use any of this ever. And I, I took this exact same approach, exact same story Kyle did where I I, I took my old wallet and I leave it in my car like glove compartment and i emptied it out so if you ever want to rob me and there's nothing yeah you, there. you're gonna get
0: all my cpr cars and all my <laughs> program uh, cards um, subway rewards
2: cards <laughs> cubs rewards cards you know just all this crap and, and, and yeah there, there are savings to be had if you want a penny pinch if you want to carry every club reward this that the other damn thing um, you more power to you you go for it but the simplicity just made sense i i kept my um you know my my in my wallet in my car and then on me i keep my id i keep yeah one or two business cards i keep a little bit of cash and then i have yeah credit and debit card and i i think
0: that's basically it yep. and oh here i just here I, I got mine in my pocket what am i what am i thinking i'm gonna look at it right now Se- not, right? secondary well. benefit is that it fits in your front pocket so like when you're in a quote-unquote sketchy area or like big city that kind of thing uh you don't have to worry about it like yeah i remember
2: distinctly going to california for the uh, rose bowl with my dad and i i checked my back pocket for my wallet every two minutes i i yeah. swear cause I was so worried about it. And yeah, this fits in your front pocket. It's, it's super small, super compact. And, um, it just gets, gets the basics. It's orange or this one's orange cause it's my favorite color, but, um, yeah, it just, it just makes sense. And I am of the approach and maybe it's my career or my outlook on life that, you know, I, I just, that extra savings by having a certain card, or or you know, trying to use, a, hold on to a receipt for this. Well, or the other that. thing is
0: nowadays a lot of times they can just look you up by your phone number, right? Like you don't even have to have the physical or, or car or the card, card
2: use or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just like I, I I have I have never had a problem in my years of using a graffiti band with just having my ID, my debit card, my credit card, a little cash and maybe one or two other things.
0: Yep. So I, I, I think this will be funny. Like, oh my
2: God. I wish I had so much more. <laughs> right.
0: I, I, this is kind of funny. I think we should just go through what's in our wallet currently. And then Brent, you can go at the end and then uh, we'll see how ridiculous uh, your list is. compared I, to me. I have no time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I have my ID, my concealed carry, my, uh, I do have my uh, health insurance card just in case, as well as the, my health insurance PayFlex credit card thing, uh, three business cards, uh, my, uh, uh, corporate card for work, a subway metro card, which is like super thin. And then my p- debit and credit card and $43. That's exactly what's in my wallet right now.
1: Or is that your graffiti band? Wait, is your graffiti band or your wallet? It is
0: my wallet. I don't, oh, your is, actual this, wallet. This is my wallet. This is all I carry on me. I don't carry a wallet. Yeah. wallet
1: uh, okay. Okay. i just, just for the look. Okay. okay. Nick, what do you got? Okay,
2: I've got my total of uh, $20406080. Ooh. Right, how $20. <laughs> really? 20s. I've got my Prime credit card. I've got my business Amex. My business cards. I've got my other credit card. <laughs> <laughs> the card. So I actually have like 4 or 5 debit and credit cards in here, which is too many. Um, uh, and then I've got my, Ooh, I still have my water safety. Uh,
0: Oh, you don't know that you don't need that anymore for Wisconsin anyway. Cause it just goes off your ID now.
2: Oh, nice. Fun fact. Well, okay, cool. Well, I've got that, uh, tucked in there. I'll throw that away. Oh, and then I've got my lifetime.
0: I don't know if I'd throw it away. I've got my but...
2: lifetime, uh, got my lifetime uh, membership card as well. So like seven cards and four bills totaling 80
0: dollars there you go
1: well you guys would be embarrassed to hear what's in mine um i think i have library cards that have expired like not more than one <laughs> exactly library card expired. um but then i also i also have with me a picture of my grandma i carry around and i just want to it's kind of a closing note she's been having a, a kind of a rough weekend she had a going to, go to the hospital she's doing really good now which is good, thank you to those who took care of her, but just uh, hopefully she keeps better, and if she ever listens to this, let her know, or grandma know that I am thinking about you, and hope you get better soon. Aww. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but I do have her picture in my wallet, so you can, it's, it doesn't get damaged in there quite as much as, uh, it probably won't get damaged as a silly band thing either. I'll have to try that, that graffiti band sometime. Well, I I'll hook you up with one. Me. Right. Well, it sounds actually pretty useful.
0: It is. Well, it is that was episode 38 of If I May. Hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, definitely bringing you a new episode every Thursday. Uh, so check them out. Uh, subscribe, rate, share, review, all that fun jazz. We have merch available. Link in the description. Uh, I think we still have the promo code Z. if you are interested. Uh, we'll throw the Gafriti Band uh, Amazon link in the description too. Why not? And then uh, if you want to contact us or have any questions, you can DM us on, at Twitter at ZaruBust, email ZaruBust at gmail.com. Or I know Anchor has also a voice thing. If that's easier, you can just hit record and send us a little voice message. If you send us one, we will definitely respond in an episode. Um, With that, have a great Thursday, and we'll see you next week.